You're about to listen to youth-produced content from Listen Up Youth Radio. Listen Up is a Twin City social enterprise working at the intersection of youth employment, leadership, and media production. You're listening to Youth Soup, the podcast that adds some youth to your soup. That was so good. Yay. This week, we continue on from the previous episode where we had the opportunity to sit down with two Little Earth residents who have been part of the effort to take back the Roof Depot site in East Phillips neighborhood in Minneapolis. If you haven't already, make sure to listen to part one. In this portion, we hear more of their experiences with city council members and policymakers. But before getting into that, let's hear more of how the East Phillips residents both practice and envision their community. Yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. You know, I love the fact that the kids made their own money. They bought their own stuff. They were geared up, and, and they made money in a good way. They learned about Mother Earth. They learned about planting. They learned about growing. They learned about picking. And, they and ate now food we're they gonna, never ate. Yeah, they ate food they never ate and didn't know they liked, you know. They, you know, it, our strawberry patch used to be right by where the school buses pick them up. And in the mornings, you wouldn't see them. And then you'd see the school buses come and you'd see little heads pop up because they were laying there eating strawberries for breakfast. You know, and this is the farm that's right there by the roof depot. I, we can't contaminate this farm. Our kids eat from there now. We've taught them that that food is good for them and that all that food is theirs. When they're hungry, they can go get it and eat. And then we're going to put our aquaponics there too, you know. And that's our stepping stone to bigger. Them are green jobs. You know how much green jobs make? We're talking about our kids making sixty to $100,000 a year, you know. Who, why do you want to block that is my question for a minority community. Yeah. I mean, like, adding on to, like, when we were talking about the narratives, like, the media is portraying is making the depot seem like very much just like talking about the urban farm and like the story that you guys are sharing right now for me at least it's like I'm seeing this a lot from like a community perspective like why would you want to disrupt a community that is thriving and working to especially for like the youth and the kids like our future generation why would you want to hinder that or stop them like yeah and I just wish that they would see it more from that lens rather than like I mean every component is important but like you know community it really comes down to that well and part part of the stuff that's um in that's okay in the farm or in the indoor urban farm that's the name but the idea would be to have like a coffee shop too Mm -hmm. but that's run by youth and only youth from east phillips Mm -hmm. and so that would be a space for people candy store or whatever (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. by the kids i'm just but um um it would be yeah but it would be a place like where the whole community could come and they could have sell their craft, showcase their craft, um, a, a kitchen that people can come and like, you know, rent out and cook. Because we have a lot of awesome cooks and caterers in East Phillips with all different kinds of foods from all different kinds of backgrounds. And so like that would it, it would just be unique in a way that um, and then there would be the aquaponics, the like the low end and the high end. Right. So we'd have jobs where people can start off in like the garden. And then go to an aquaponics and then low end and then go to the high end aquaponics. And then like, and we even had like the Minneapolis public school. I know you guys might've heard this in the beginning. We said, if you guys can get this going, we want food from you. We want mm-hmm. our, our schools to get the food from you guys. So like we already had really awesome 
ideas and people that want to be part of this. And mm-hmm. also we'd have the biggest solar array in Minneapolis that's right there in the city. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a big solar array array between Franklin and Lake Street and people would have cheaper light bills. And there would also there's also the plan to have like housing for, you know, really um like cheap or maybe even change the idea to like an unsheltered like a home for unsheltered folks. Mm-hmm. So you know, and there's so much we can do with it. You know, it's like we got to go back and re reevaluate our plan, you know, because things change as you move, your needs change. But we still need to have a next higher level of aquaponics. We still need a business in there that's going to be successful and teach our children and our youth how to how to run a business and be successful. Um, probably clothing, you know, everything. Our whole community, not just our community, but all the BIPOC community members in East Phillips are so talented. When you go to events in East Phillips, the Somalian community, the Latino community, and us, when you walk in booths, it's amazing what you see our people can do. The artists are unbelievable. And this would be a place for them. I want this to be the place where when they land at the airport, they want to come there and see everything that's going on and buy something there because they need something from there to take back home because that's how important we want to be. And that's how important you are. It's just like mm-hmm. that the the people who the city the city um, is not um, not seeing that. And the mayor definitely the mayor is the big one of the big stopping blocks is, for us. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yep. So. Andrea Jenkins. Too. Yep. Andrea Jenkins, Linnea Palmasano, um, Lisa Goodman. Um, I know, but Lisa Goodman, I know. (laughs) So it was, yeah, it was them. And there was a few other, there's one who switched over. um, Was that Abdi? Is that his name? Osmond. I can't believe I forgot his name, but he was always against us too. And then, and now he like flipped and I asked him right there. And I don't know if you guys could hear that, but we were there and it was being recorded. And I said, I hope you're being sincere and you're not just doing this because you need to run again. Cause he has a competitor who literally brought this up. And was like, you know, I would never, ever go against Rift Depot in the community because that affects my community, too. And he was so he's a competitor and he's already like talking about Rift Depot. And so then Osman came and he said, no, he but it's hard to really um, take a lot of like politicians to trust uh, the trust. And because they'll look you in the face and be like, no, I promise. I swear. And, (laughs) you know, this is how I feel. And then. You know, behind closed doors, then some, there's a vote happening and then they're done. They they turn around. We had a council member tell us literally, he said, I wanted to vote with you. He said, I did. But I had people come to my room and he, they said, you vote for them. And that thing you want in your community will make sure that it takes years to pass. Yeah, it's literally. Or it won't happen at all. It's like the, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the city council meeting. Uh, I forgot what month it was when um, it was like, what, a split vote? Yes. And then. Because Johnson wasn't there. Uh Uh-huh. But he used to vote for us and then he went against us. So I don't know how that would have went, which he was a surprise. And then the mayor snuck out the back door 
and yeah. everyone was, oh when we went and we, yeah and we yeah. were trying we were like banging on the doors and trying to get a meeting oh, with him yeah were you there yeah oh, okay and he was just like not there uh, but yeah and yeah. someone was like hey here's a picture of him sneaking out the back door you guys are just banging on a door for nothing but i will say um like um robin wansley council member robin um, wansley from from um what is that called uh, she's from two um ward ward two ward yeah. two and then our council member jason chavez um an icon and I, a legend yes and then i oh I, i'm butchering names but um it's shakanti or akanti or oh, i can't believe it another council member who's running again this year right? yeah yeah and yeah. she's new this was her first term mm-hmm. but they've always been supportive yeah always and i will tell you like i am so impressed with jason he's grown a lot he's learned a lot um we've been through a lot together already um but then wansley just came out of nowhere yeah she i'm did. like where did she come from because she came out she sat next to us she cried with us she's the bomb she is i i have to tell you wansley and jason and chavez our council members i just i mean i can't even be like thankful enough because like i just never expected someone who she's from chicago she came here and she like learned every you know she just she studied and she learned like these are indigenous people's fights and she was right there with us crying and she's like please why are you doing this let's yeah. we got to be better and i remember she came out of the like the 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 chambers or whatever they're called when they weren't letting people more people in Mm -hmm. and she was like explaining to us what was going on and in ways that people could understand because i think that's one thing that a lot of uh politicians like they just and just people who have a lot of power they just they make their language inaccessible and they make it so anyone who doesn't understand exactly what they're saying in these giant words that we've never heard of can't understand and can't um like take action again with these um things and robin was like came out and was like explaining what was happening. I was like, thank you so much. Because like, right. I don't understand like what these giant words are. They make it purposely like yeah. that. Oh, 100%. Because they yeah. don't want us to it's participate. It's intentional. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't want us to participate. They want to intimidate. Yeah. You know, and that's like during that event when they were showing it on the press. And and they were crying around about, oh, they threatened me. They did this. They did that. Here for my life. You know, it's like, really? Mm-hmm. Because... I kind of lost my train of thought. What I was going to say there, I apologize. But it's like, you're representing us. You're sitting up there and you're not listening. How do you expect people to feel, you know, when you dehumanize us? When you got the nerve to ask somebody, do you want clean water or clean air? Andrea Jenkins asked me that in the chamber. But the whole thing is, is the Roof Depot has nothing to do with the water. They spent water fund money. That's yeah, it. that's it. The money from the water fund goes there, but it has nothing to do with our clean water. It won't change. And they never even asked the um, constituents if they were okay that they spent the water fund money for that. They don't, they don't care. No. So there's just so much that people, um, they don't know. Like even Andrea Jenkins, when I told her, like, our water's not going to change. You're not reading the fine print. It's not going to glitter. It's not going to be better. It's going to remain the same. The only thing that is really going to happen is you're going to take away an opportunity from a community and then you're going to pollute. And all that pollution has got to go somewhere. It's going to be in our water and our soil again. And the mayor had enough nerve to tell me, oh, the 
the arsenic ain't that bad that's in this building. And I said, <laughs> oh my God. and I'm like, um, we're talking about the same arsenic that was so toxic that people had to wear hazmats to dig it up out of our soil. Over 600 homes and businesses as far as six feet under six feet deep. And you're telling me that arsenic, that very same is not that bad. And he was like, well, uh, like, yeah. yeah, you know, like you got to like if there was even like a tiny less than one percent chance of arsenic being in like all like on Grand or Summit or by or the mayor's house or in these Lynn areas, and Lynn, like they oh wouldn't they would go against they would do everything well, to make sure it didn't happen. This um, project was actually and Karen Clark would know and Dean Devalis, this project was actually proposed in a rich white neighborhood mm-hmm. and they shut it down. Yeah like that and they were like okay well let's go over this roof depot site which the yeah so and then and i wanted to piggyback off my aunt real quick when they talked about you know fearing for their lives and their children's lives but they don't give a shit about ours our kids are literally dying we're we literally are burying i buried a kid my best friend buried a kid we had a young lady who passed away um at the wall of forgotten natives from an asthma attack another one not too long after um, from diabetes, heart condition in her twenties. Like, come on. Like this is not normal. We're like, we're fearful. And that that's changing the narrative too. And the media played on that, some of them, because some of them were good to us. But the media did play on that narrative of that they changed that narrative. Oh, we're the victims. We're scared for our life. But no, the reality is our community, we are the ones who are literally victims. We are the ones who are dying. We are the ones who are burying our loved ones while you guys are up there shedding your fake tears. So we want to, and then I did talk about that. Like, don't change that narrative because if you're fearful, imagine how we live every day for generations. And not only that, that the stuff with the mayor and that happened before the issues we had come up, you know, and that's the thing was they tried to, they tried to make us look like villains. But if you go back, you'll see previously, uh, what year was that? I can't think they were arguing about something and there was a whole bunch of, white people, Caucasian people in there arguing with the city council. They didn't shut it down. They only shut it down when the natives came. You know, I think they tried to play victim, but they didn't play it very well because they didn't have anything. But it made them look bad. And I'm very happy it's an election year for city council in Minneapolis. Very happy about that. So register to vote. Yes. Yeah. And vote. I see and your shirt. Yeah. yeah. Make voting a tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about exercising your voice. And your voice is, is partly your vote. It's not the only thing you have, but it is partly your voice. And you, you do know? have a right to talk and, to and your, your 16 and 17 year olds mm-hmm. can register this year and starting June first. Our felons can register in the BIPOC community. That's uh that's a lot. That's huge for us, you know. We are moving forward without people. You know, the driver's license passed. Oh, yeah, driver's license. That was awesome. You know, it's like we're moving forward and either our politicians come with us and be honest with us or they need to get get out of the way. Get out of the way. Get left behind. And we also need to know that we have a right to talk to those politicians because they work for us. Mm-hmm. Even though they act like they don't, they're yeah. pay- they get they work for us and it is their job and duty to talk to their constituents. Well, is there any other yeah. questions you guys want answers to I mean, specifically? I just like what I mean, through all of these challenges, like specifically these past couple of years, like what is like what keeps your community together? Like is there something that you guys do before like 
going to a meeting or a press conference or whatever that like keeps you grounded in the work that you guys do before um, we go to war you mean hey. <laughs> <laughs> i'm joking but, but i'm not, not really. joking no, yeah. <laughs> it's for real one of the things i think we do is we we get together and we talk first a lot of our elders are involved in that you know we talk with our elders and then and as we're standing there talking our elders room faces our playground and we stand there and we're looking at our kids out there playing our little three, four, and five-year-olds, you know? So it grounds us and it makes us know what we are there for and what we're fighting for. I wish I can say I smudge, but I usually do it after. And really, I need to do it in the beginning because I'm going to be honest. Like, um, I used to have to deal with the politicians a lot. And then I met Joe Vitale, who was this awesome young man, so into politics. And as soon as I met him, I'm like, I need you. And I told them I cannot deal with these politicians no more because I after dealing with them and just being in their aura makes me physically ill. Like every time I leave them, I want to throw up and I'm like, I cannot deal with these guys anymore. But he's so awesome. He's like, for sure. He came in and yep. he came in like a bullet. And I mean, he just he just jumped in and he just knew what he was doing. And he's been a big part of this and a big part of it being successful. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like, I, I wish I could say that, you know, I'm going to be honest, like I got my kids and I'm just grateful for my kids I have. And um, I just remember every day because I have a baby now who um, my great niece I raised, but she's mine. One of my twins. She had stopped breathing from she had RSV and now she has asthma severely um, and she has to have um inhaler two times a day. So it's stuff like that that I I don't want our future parents, our future grandparents, our, you know, to deal with this. It's, it's not good. So, you know, when we already have so many health issues in our communities from other things, you know, I mean, like diabetes, we have the highest rate of diabetes. Part of that comes from because of colonizers. And environment. Know, environment where they put us, the foods they gave us, what we had to adapt to. You know, and then we bring in worse stuff. You know, mm -hmm. we start, then we come into an urban area and we're, we're right next to pollution. And then we're made out to look like the bad guy are that our wishes are irrelevant when we're right there and you're talking about our future generations. And it's intentional. Like they do. It's, yeah, it's they do intentional. it intentional. Like, I agree with you. It's like the, the colonialism just like at work constantly. And it doesn't, it like has not gone away. Um, I think that so much of the the purpose of the roof depot and like the purpose of this vision is like to preserve like indigenous language, indigenous culture, like all these things. And I think that um, that is one thing that I think makes makes powerful people in the city feel scared because if like if they know that if people are um together and in community together they're more powerful than them and they will and we will beat them and that and, scares the crap out of them and that's what happened with east phillips when you go back to the beginning where cat where Cass was telling you that this very first meeting they supposed well it was close to one of the last ones and they missed all of little earth and nothing they sent out was in spanish or somalian when them are two of the bigger populations in that area also what it comes down to is they use our diversity against us because they know we have a hard time communicating with each other. If you speak Spanish fluently, you speak Somalian fluently, it's very hard to get us all together and get us in a room where we're understanding everything. 
So they use our diversity against us. But this time they didn't win because we, we, we had other things going on. We had people from the Somalian community helping the Latino community, you know, so. And that's what's real powerful, too. It's not only like um, indigenous um, indigenous peoples like, you know, coming together. It's like all of our community. And that's what's powerful. And they did try to like divide and conquer in the beginning. You know, they told us, go back to your respective communities, come back with an ideal you guys like, and let's talk about it. And we're like, no, we already have an ideal we have together. So I'm not going to go back to the native community and, you know, they're not going to go back to the Hispanic community or Somali community and then come and try to fight each other. No, that's not how it's going to work here. So when they realized that we were all standing together, and I think that did scare them. And I'm going to tell you, in the beginning, it, it just felt like we were so alone and it was almost hopeless. But we're like, we can't give up. And look where we are today. We're here today. And now we might even have good news. It might have already happened. You know, there's supposed to be a press release happening while we're here. Um and hopefully it's good news. And I will tell you, even if it's good news, we have a lot of people in our community who are like, well, not in our community, outsiders um, who work in our community who are like, I don't know if this is going to be successful. Where are you going to get the money to be successful? You have to pay taxes. Did you think about that? You have to fix the building, blah, blah. Yeah, we know. But you know what? It's successful. The fact that the city didn't even break ground and kick up all that arsenic and build the 888 car lot. So we're already successful. It's one step at a time. Yep. You know, and then it's one step at a time to be successful. And that's what everybody will tell you. It's one step at a time. And we know we might fail in some places, but we're going to learn, you know. So it's been some years. And that's why I say the fight, it's been long and it's been crazy. It's like up and downs. Like I said, you got some politicians like, I got you, and you're all happy, and then you're like, then they vote, and then you're like, okay, you voted against us. What's happening? You know, before the the mayor became mayor, I ran into him at MCTC, where I went to college, at our inclusion and diversity, um, like, graduation thing. And I was like, hey, you know, you're running for mayor. You know, you remember me, Cassie Holmes? He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, you're part of... Um, epic or whatever epni or i can't remember at the time and i was like yeah hey i wanted to know are you still gonna vote you know do you support the you know the indoor urban farm yeah yeah i support you guys you know make sure you guys vote me in and i'll support you and now he's like he i'm gonna be honest he does not like us he does not like east phillips neighborhood institute i'm gonna say it. and you know i don't like him either so but he don't like us he don't like our community he he has said it but not of course, not out in public, but he has said it to people in our group. I don't like you. You guys did not practice good faith. Yeah. You know, that's what he said. That's what he's told with somebody from EPNI. You guys did not um, negotiate in good faith with us. And that was actually said within the last month. That's I wondered what that meant coming out of his mouth, too, because we've always like we've always been civil with the city. There's been times where I've cussed them out a couple of times too. I've never gotten really crazy like some of my other community, which is okay though, because, you know, we're talking about our lives and our kids' lives. So if people, I, yeah, you know, I'm not going to say I condone some actions, but you're going to tell someone like, no, and you're not just saying no, you're saying your child's not going to live. Your grandchild's not going to live. Your elders are not going to live. That's what you're telling us. And so when people get mad and frustrated, it is justified. And they're frustrated. And you're pushing people to that point. And he did that. 
And he did that really all, all on his own because if someone did vote for us or supported us, he would make sure he went and talked to them. And whatever happened, happened, they would vote against us. So. And like the, the like, oh, like cussing some politicians out and whatever is nothing compared to like. Burying a child. What, yeah. That and also like what the mayor and MPT has done. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, they're not even comparable. We have some supporters uh, over there, so it's just they're, I don't want to say they're not strong. They just have a lot of other people who've been there a lot longer who hold a lot more cards than them, and that's really sad. Well, thank you guys for having us. Thank you. I hope we answered your questions. And we can always come back, too. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right, thank you. This was fun. I liked it, you guys. I yes. didn't think I was going to, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I always like it. It reminds me of a podcast. It's fun hanging out and chatting. All right, thank you. Nice meeting you all. Nice, nice meeting you. Guys. Nice meeting you. Very happy. This is the last. Wait. <laughs> uh, that's it for this episode. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Learn more about Listen Up Youth Radio, including our peer-to-peer educational workshops in media production and social media marketing services at www.listenupyouth.org. Check out past broadcasts of YouthSoup on a live podcast app now available on iOS and coming soon to Android. This activity was made possible by the voters of Minnesota through a grant from the Metropolitan Regional Arts Council thanks to a legislative appropriation from the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.